Hello, and welcome to Midweek in the Word podcast, brought to you by Faith Bible in Lincoln, Nebraska. Every week, we strive to become better readers, hearers, and doers of God's Word. Look for us every Wednesday where you stream your podcasts. Here's our host, Faith Bible's Adult Ministries pastor, Brad Myers. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Midweek in the Word. We want to provide a brief notice of what you'll see over the coming weeks here on the podcast. We're going to be breaking from our Bearing Witness series over the summer and into the fall in order to highlight some of our best past episodes. So as you're listening, you will notice there's a bit of a reference gap. We'll note things that don't quite line up with the timeline. But Lord willing, uh, we'll be back with new content in September. We hope you enjoy these episodes. This morning, I'm, I'm thrilled to be joined by Dimitri Osichuk, our non-staff elder, one of the non-staff elders here at Faith Bible Church. Like I said, freshly returned from Colorado. Uh, welcome back to Nebraska and welcome to the podcast, Dimitri. Well, thank you. Uh, glad to be here. Um, yes, it was, I'm a, it was an interesting weekend. Uh, had a great time, <laughs> but yes, 27 inches of snow was a little bit much to drive through, so we had to stay an extra day. <laughs> there you go. Well, Dimitri, I'm really excited for this week's episode. I mean, I'm excited to continue our series entitled how the gospel changes everything. But before we get to that, and before I introduce the actual topic we'll be talking about, I want you to introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners, because many of them probably haven't met you here in the church. So let's start off this way. What What is your one-minute testimony of how you came to Christ? Well, um, if I may, <laughs> of course... I grew up in a Christian family. Uh, I was born in Ukraine, uh, and uh, we went to a very uh, fundamental, uh, great church, uh, great, great uh, relationships there. And uh, at the age of 12, we immigrated uh, to uh, the United States of America. So at age of 16, I ended up in Lincoln, Nebraska, and uh, we were basically uh, a part of a Slavic church here, and uh, our church hosted conferences. So I remember clearly uh, we had altar calls, which are not very common these days. <laughs> Listeners, let's define what an altar call is. No, I'm just <laughs> like... <laughs> so we had uh, an altar call, and I just remember getting up, and with probably a group of another 50 or 60 kids, we mm. just 16, 17 year olds. You know, I went up there and uh, and I, I just cried my eyes out, gave my life to Jesus. And I, I firmly believe, you know, that that was the day that the Lord truly uh, kind of supercharged my walk with him as far as moving towards Christ and starting my life with Jesus and in a serious manner. Always knew of, of Jesus from the Bible stories. Yeah. However, I found myself um, in a little bit of trouble when I was married, and we had uh, two years into our marriage, we had our first baby, and uh, she was a preemie, a lot of troubles with her health at the beginning. She's all healthy and great now, but the Lord used that time to kind of really, truly speak to me. I was at a loss. I always thought I would be uh, very strong and overcome everything in my own uh, on my own strength. Mm. Um, I found out that I was weak. I was broken. I needed Jesus more than ever, and uh, through His grace, He was able to show me who He was. Mm. So, at the age of twenty three, I realized who Christ was to me, and uh, I really, truly then bowed my knee to the Lordship of Christ in my life and started seeking Him as Lord and God of my own life. So. Mm. Kind of a short <laughs> run through, but yes, that's that's how the Lord used troubles in my life to really show me who He is and what I need Him for. And mm. Well, obviously, that was the beginning 
uh, or continuation of a journey um, that, that has continued for I'm not, I'm not going to say exactly your age, but 15 years or something about like about like that uh, that's gone. And, and, and now you find yourself as an elder at Faith Bible Church. How, how did you become an elder here at Faith? Well, that's a, that's so interesting. Um, great question. I honestly, when we left uh, our Slavic church, we were just looking for uh, in 2012, we were looking for a little bit of a change uh, in teaching style. We were really drawn uh, to uh, Faith Bible, and when we first experienced Pastor Tom's teaching, I didn't understand a word because I was so nervous and our baby was crying. <laughs> but my wife, uh, thankfully, she was a lot wiser than I am, and uh, she said, you know, that was some great teaching. So uh, we came back the next Sunday, and uh, we were here. Uh, and just started kind of uh, listening and uh, tuning in into what Pastor Tom was teaching. And we mm-hmm. found that the expository style was our style. It was really what we needed at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, when we left the Slavic church, I said, I am never going to be in leadership again. I do not <laughs> want any part of it. But then um, every single time uh, I ended up here and we would be doing just uh, two-year-olds, uh, teaching the two-year-olds mm-hmm. in the back. And I was so content with doing that because we had a two-year-old at the time and we just had a great time doing it with my wife, Victoria. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the spirit of the Lord kept calling me to do his work. And uh, you, Brad, challenged me to teach in camps. Uh, Pastor James also challenged me to teach and I finally found myself um, just being called to to God's work. And then when Pastor Mike and uh, Pastor Tom approached me on the subject, looking back, I said, um, you know, what am I doing? Uh, what am I going to do moving forward? Am I going to keep saying no to a lot of opportunity? And then, uh, again, my wife, being uh, much wiser than I am <laughs> at times, <laughs> She said, you know, you really have to look at your life and make sure that if you understand that God is calling you to his service, you do not miss that opportunity. Mm. So uh, I said yes about two years ago, and uh, here I am. Uh, it's been a challenge. It's been a great ride. It's been fun. It's been great to get to know a lot of people in the church, um, and we serve with a great group of men. I really, mm. truly enjoy the service to the church at this time. Amen. Well, I know we've benefited from your leadership, and I've appreciated your voice on the Elder Council as well. Uh, lastly, what, what, is, what is a favorite verse of yours, and why has it been so significant to you? You know, I have to think about that. Um, I really, truly love many different uh, spots in the Bible because they just uh, speak to me in different ways. So I had to think about this one. Um, but the, the verse that I keep uh, coming back to is found in Luke chapter 23 and verses 42 and 43. Um, it says, and he was saying, this is the um, the criminal on the cross next to Jesus. Mm-hmm. He says to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And verse 43, and he said to him, truly I say to you today, you shall be with me in paradise. Mm. That's my favorite verse for the simple reason of, here's our Lord hanging on the cross and he is suffering immensely. And he is doing the greater work, the big picture (laughs) stuff. He's saving the whole entire world. So he could have just turned to this guy and said, are you kidding me? I mean, I'm suffering here. You know, I got nails in my feet. I'm dying. I'm about to go. And you are asking me for, you know, your selfish reasons. But no, Christ turns to him and he sees that faith. And he says to him, you will be today with me in paradise. That is just 
that is just a picture of Christ being so personable. Mm-hmm. He is always paying attention to our to our needs, and yeah. he is so individual with everyone. He seeks to speak to you individually. I, I love that for for the immediacy of salvation and for how Christ cares for the individual. That that is just an amazing picture for me. Mm. And every single one of us as sinners could be right there with the criminal on the cross, right? We deserve to be there. Amen. But Christ Amen. pays the penalty for us. Yes, sir. It's it's amazing how Christ, um, you know, is something that was said uh, in, in the meeting recently. It's it's amazing how Christ is able to hear millions and billions of prayers <laughs> at all times and yeah. care for each and one individually. That just shows the greatness of our God. Amen. Amen. Good reminder of the gospel, which which kind of leads us into where we're headed with this series as we continue to talk about the gospel and how it impacts every area of our lives. Well, listeners, we're getting close to wrapping up this study. I've enjoyed getting to talk to different elders on this and talk about how the gospel changes everything. We've got just two weeks left uh, before we dive into a new series, which I'm really excited about, but I'm not going to tip my hand about what that's going to be. Listen next week to find out where we'll be headed after this series. Uh, But we've still got to discuss the gospel and your culture and the gospel and your church. Uh, So I've got Dimitri here on the podcast this week to talk about the gospel and your church. And I just want to get us started off um, with a quote that I found uh, somewhat interesting that I was reading on a Gospel Coalition article recently from Brett McCracken. Um, He's talking about the the, all the resources we have available at our disposal, all the online resources and all the sermons and all of the podcasts, which ironically is we sit here recording a podcast and all of this. And he asked this question, which I was hoping would get us off on the right start. He says, why is the rise in access to theological material coinciding with a decline in Christian church attendance? Could it be that our easy access to theological content is in a twisted way, making us see church as unnecessary? Listening to a Christian podcast or devotional app, after all, is much easier than getting out of bed on Sunday morning and going to a church building. But is it the same? Dimitri, I want you to begin addressing some of this as we talk about how the gospel impacts your church. How does what the Bible calls the gospel or the good news of Jesus Christ intersect with what I believe about my church? Well, um, I think it's a very interesting topic from the standpoint of um, even how our culture views the church today and what Mm. you just said about the marvel of the internet or the curse of the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Blessings and curses. Blessings and curses, whichever way you choose to see it. Mm. Um, I think we are at an interesting time because we are seeing a huge shift in our own culture. And I call it my own culture because I've grown up in the United States. Mm -hmm. Most of my life Mm -hmm. has been spent here. So I identify as as an American and, uh, (laughs) you know, I, but I got to see the other side of the culture, Mm. the Ukrainian perspective. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you a quick example for uh, the church was so significant to us growing up in the United States because it was it was a uh, a, a religious and a cultural center mm, mm-hmm. for 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 us because we had no uh, no other outlet of of communications with other people we had no other medium to communicate yeah. but with through the church so w- we would be utterly lost without the church as Ukrainians in the United yeah. States uh, simply because we were um, so fresh here we didn't know yeah. many things however when i moved 
uh, away from the Slavic church and I started watching the American church, um, it was almost a criminal act that I left the the Ukrainian church. Mm. Uh, And many people viewed it that way. It was uh, almost a sense of betrayal to your church, to your culture. Uh, And then when we moved to the American church and... uh, we saw, you know, many differences, uh, so many different benefits and so many different things that were happening in the church were such a positive uh, influence on our mm-hmm. own lives. We noticed that there are many differences, but with our shifting culture, I'm noticing positives and negatives. And what you just spoke about, the internet, right? Yeah. There are so many, there's so much blessing in that because of access of information. However, people are finding it easier and easier to just wake up and uh, spend uh, the uh, Sunday morning in their pajamas, drinking coffee and watching a sermon. So we have to be careful and we have to start discerning, does God truly call us to that? And what it is that God wants us to uh, to do as a body of believers. Um, so we have to be using uh, the wisdom and the spirit of Christ in order to discern what it is that we need to do to make sure that the church is what Christ intended it to be, even in the, this day and age. Um, mm. So as leaders, we have to be careful and we have to discern it and we have to uh, you know, relay that message to everyone. So, so what you're really speaking to is, is the reality that the church is a greater reality than just the content we receive on Sunday morning. Well, Tom's preaching may be good. Well, that's a part of it. Troy's worship is good. All these components are good and we appreciate them. The church is more than just content. Um, how, how does that speak as, as Christ? Cause obviously what you're speaking to, when I asked you about your personal testimony is how did the gospel transform my life? How did, how did the truth of the gospel change me, redeem me as an individual? Isn't it odd to talk about that as far as being then involved in some sort of corporate thing called the church? Yes. I think, uh, when we think about this question, um, you know, there's a tendency to say, well, Christ saved me. Mm-hmm. It's a personal salvation. I will have to answer to to him, you know, for my own actions, my own conduct. So uh, why do I care about what anybody in some organization, quote unquote, that, you know, so many people say all they want is just my money. <laughs> why do I have mm-hmm. to care about that? But we have to be careful with that. And we have to look and peer into the scriptures and we have to make sure that we align ourselves with what Christ intended the church to be. And the church is first and foremost, it was ordained by Christ. So we have to understand the roots of the church to truly appreciate what it's supposed to mean to us. So, you know, when we look at Matthew 16 and verse 18, it says, Christ says, you know, I will build my church. He's talking to Peter there and he's talking about himself, you know, on this rock. Who is the rock? The rock is not Peter. The rock is Christ. He is the foundation. So why is Christ saying that? Because he is the one that the whole thing rests upon. So he put great, great emphasis on that, that if you're the part of this body, if you're the part of the church, then you are doing the foundation is Christ. You're doing the right thing by standing in him. And then from there, the other facets of the church flow out. You know, mainly we are the body. And when we look at the body of Christ, Romans 12, you know, and we are looking that Christ created us so uniquely, we are there for a specific purpose. Then the whole beauty of the mm. picture starts to show. Mm. I, 
I love those imagery. You know, you're talking about Christ's headship over the church. You know, Ephesians talks about that. Christ as preeminent, you know, Christ as the, the one who puts the pieces together the, and, and the imagery of the body, us as the body, Christ as the head, I think is really, really important because we have a tendency to think, you know, it's me and Jesus. It's this relationship. And that's true. It's not less than that. Um, but we can't just decapitate the body. <laughs> like We can't just have Christ as a head. There's, there's a body involved in this. So we're saved individually, but we're saved into a corporate identity that Christ defines as his church. But you're already starting to bring up some of these passages that I want to talk about. Okay, what other passages? You've talked about Matthew 16. You've talked about Romans 12 here a little bit. What other passages really inform our understanding of the church and how we're to engage with this bride of Christ that you've been talking about? You know, I think uh, another another spot that really truly uh, impacted my understanding of what the body of Christ is for is uh, something that's found in Acts two forty two. You know, we always tend to uh, it's just speaking of uh, of the great game of football and <laughs> significance <laughs> that it has in the American lives. You know, uh, when we start to kind of lose it, when a team starts to lose its way, uh, you hear coaches and everybody say, well, we need to go back to the basics. Mm. So what are the basics, you know? And, and a part of that is looking back at the first church and what were they doing? What is it that they were doing that was so significant? And when we look at um, Acts and we look um, at uh, chapter 2, we start to understand what the first church was doing. And uh, if you read verse uh, 42, it says that they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, one, to the fellowship, two, to breaking of bread, three, and to prayer, four. So you have all these four pillars of what the first church was doing, and the things were very simple. So they were... Uh, we, we have to r- remind ourselves that these words are written for a specific person, a purpose, um, continually devoting themselves. So it was a practice that was very common, and it was very, very much a uh, continuation of something that was started by Christ, and they picked up on it, and they started going with it continually. So it was a practice that was happening all the time. And then look at this, apostles' teachings, right? So they mm. were in the scriptures, Second thing is fellowship. What is fellowship? Why is it so important? Mm. Well, it's because how Christ created us. He created us as people who need fellowship, first and foremost with him, and yeah. second, with each other. Yeah. And then we find, you know, a breaking of bread is something that may be a little bit of a lost art in, in the <laughs> culture today. And, uh, you know, they were getting together for meals. They were just inviting each other to each other's homes. And I think those friendships were being built, that community was being knitted together. Mm. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderful picture of care for one another. It's yeah. a, uh, you know, when, when we are together, we're sharing bread. Uh, the walls come down <laughs> a little bit. We're able to find... And, uh, you know, common grounds, we're able to encourage one another. I think that's what Christ is using that for. And then, of course, to prayer. And in prayer, you know, this is a vertical um, relationship. And when people pray together, uh, I thoroughly enjoy praying together with the elders. Mm. I I find that to be the best part of the meeting. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) When we just come together and lift up the church, ourselves, our needs, and when we praise Christ together. Um, so here's here's a model, you know, it's a, it's very simple, and that's what the church is there for. It's mm-hmm. it's for us to to have that relationship with Christ and with one another. Mm. 
Okay, so so you've kind of laid out a bit of a theological framework here. Okay, so Christ redeems us individually, but Christ redeemed us into this body, this bride, this corporate identity of the church that's engaged in more things, but not less than these four things, teaching, fellowship, prayer, the breaking of bread. Okay, so the natural question then at this point is, okay, that's all well and good, Dimitri. Okay, but what what does that what does that mean for me as a believer? That's all great that that's the there and you know that's the church is nice you know but that's I get offended there or you know it doesn't I don't fit there or you know those sort of questions. What does this mean for us practically as believers? I think the practical side of it is we must understand that this was the intention of of our Lord, hmm. and uh, we if we are to be His disciples, we are to follow His commandments. So we find that all over the scriptures, we find that. And second thing is, I, I firmly believe that, um, you, you remember a few years ago in camp, I said that one Russian saying that one is not a warrior in the field. Yes, yes, <laughs> so I do. So it is, it is uh, you know, when, when you're just out there on your own, um, trying to do life and to do it as Christ prescribes it to do, you know, to live your life righteously, to live your life according to Christ's command. You will find, I find myself that it is very difficult for me to to be on my own and to be, uh, you know, self-encouraging, if you mm. will, and mm. keeping check of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I firmly believe that if we are to live a life um, that is worthy of Christ's call, we better make sure that we have accountability. And it is very easy to lose track and uh, to have any sort of accountability if I'm just going to do it on my own. Mm. So uh, that that is one of the most important things in in, in, an, in Christian individuals in an individual's Christian life to make sure that we are not just on our own out there struggling, but Christ's design is awesome because He calls us into a relationship. And is it hard to fit in sometimes? By all means, yeah. By all means, I fully understand how people can struggle and um, fitting in. So th- there was a study done by some American Institute um, that I believe it was seven out of seven and a half, uh, you know, 7.5 people have a social awkwardness or social anxiety mm. of, of some kind of social impediment of some kind of form. Yeah. So we're all in the same boat. Yeah, right. we well, all, most, everyone but Tom is, everyone, is in that boat, right? Everyone you know? but Tom. <laughs> so we're all struggling a little bit. Yeah. And it is, it is difficult. It is uh, intimidating at times, especially to open yourself up for potential wounds. Yeah. It, it's, it is difficult. I, I totally get that. But we must understand that if we are to trust Christ and to trust his intent for the church to be the beautiful picture of a body helping one another, mm. think of the spiritual gifts. Mm. I mean, Christ uniquely gifted every single believer for what? For his own benefit? No. He's talking about the benefit of others. We are to benefit the body. So mm. if we, if I'm truly a hand, you know, I'm the one that washes the body. I'm the one that scratches that itch. You know, I'm the one yep. that picks up the stuff that needs needed for the body. If I'm the head, I'm looking out for everything. You know, if I'm the feet, I'm taking the body where it needs to go. So we have to understand that it is a, it's a picture of a complete and, uh, awesome unit that is progressing, that is growing, that is hurting at times, that is there to, we're there to encourage one another, we're there to love one another, we're there to respect one another. 
What a great picture. Mm. What a great uh, design. Amen. And the fact that the New Testament books are written to churches corporate, you know, even even a book like Philemon that is <laughs> with one individual in mind is <laughs> he writes to all these other people in the church too, yep. <laughs> uh, which would have been a little awkward, I'm sure, for Philemon in that situation. But uh, I, I love the way going on in the article uh, from Brett McCracken, I love the way he puts this. Uh, he says, in a lonely, disembodied world, the church offers a beautiful alternative, an embodied community where at least once a week you are in physical presence with your church family. It's a place where the manipulative filters of life online fall away and you can be known in a truer sense, warts and all. It's a place where our real struggles and weaknesses are harder to hide, a place where healing, emotional, spiritual, physical can happen. It's a place where you can do physical things together, sing, stand, sit, kneel, hug, attempt awkward bro handshakes, uh, even (laughs) eat and drink the communion elements. Uh, You can get none of this from a podcast, apps, or audiobooks. This is the church. 100%. 100%. I, I watched this. Um, I watched uh, when COVID broke out, right? Mm. Uh, perfect example, yeah. I think. Um, so it's been a year now. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, the school shut down. And I watched my kids. And some of my kids are my, our oldest daughter. She's very, uh, very social. Uh, my uh, middle child, she is not so much. Yeah. So she enjoyed staying home more. And then my boy, he was devastated because he wanted to, uh, you know, just uh, go out and play. (laughs) And he wasn't in school yet, but he wanted to do all these things. So, yes, it's different for everyone from the perspective of uh, it's good that I can listen to all of this information. It's it's great, uh, you know, that I can get anything I want pretty much online from a podcast, from a yep. preacher, uh, across the country, across the world. I mean, access to information is so so awesome. But at the same time, we cannot let our guard down and say, yeah, this is great, and this is just what I'm going to do, because that's not how God designed us. So coming back to the kids, I watched them as time went on, and all of a sudden, you know, even my nine-year-old, who was totally fine with staying home, uh-huh. all of a sudden she's saying, "I miss my friends. I yeah. want to. I want to go and you know be a and and when be a part of that group." Uh, and when all of a sudden, just uh, about a month ago, high school went full time for my high school age kid. You know, she was thrilled. Mm-hmm. She's thrilled to get back to the group. She's thrilled to get back to her friends. She's she's she she was uh, excited about those friendships being rekindled again and just being there. So I think, you know, as a church uh, today, um, it is it's been a difficult run. We've received so many prayer requests. People are struggling because mm-hmm. they're isolated. So that designed by Christ in order for us to be together is a great part of what we need to think about when we think of the church. It is that corporate gathering that is the design of Christ that is a, uh, you know, it's it's an unbreakable, It's you cannot separate that piece away from the, from, from the worship. Yes, it is intimidating. Sometimes, you know, I don't agree with the songs we sing maybe, <laughs> or maybe Tom is, you know, uh, talking about something that is hard for me to understand, or, you know, or if Brad is preaching up there, I'm like, what is this guy it doing? Makes no sense it at makes all. Makes no man. sense at all. You know, I don't even want to talk about it. James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm kidding. But... Uh, when we expose ourselves to others, we have the chance for others to influence our life. Mm. We have the chance, f- we give the chance for us to uh, influence somebody else's life. And we don't know, you know, sometimes I walk away from an interaction and I think to myself, what was that all about? Mm. 
But then I see that same person a couple of weeks later, and I forgot what I said to them. Mm-hmm. And people come up to me and say, you know, thank you for sharing that. That was so encouraging. And I'm thinking, what did I say? <laughs> right. You know, but, but God is able to use us in, in such ways to encourage and uplift one another. And uh, there's no way you're getting that through Zoom. Mm. <laughs> there's no way you're getting it through just watching church online. So, I, you know, I would cur- encourage anybody out there that maybe hasn't been back to church yet and uh, is if you're feeling isolated, if you're feeling like you're missing a part of yourself because you're not a part of the body at this point, you know, come back, come back, see us. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a great, great time to be in the church. I long for that, but I'm, of course, I'm, I'm more of a outgoing social person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would definitely say that in-person church will never be replaced by any other media, mm-hmm. by any other uh, way of communications. It is an, uh, just a integral, is it, is it, a, is it integral. an integral yeah, yeah. part of, of who we are? And uh, we have to always remember Christ's design. If we are the mm-hmm. bride. We are the one that God is working on continually. He is preparing the church. And uh, part of that is being in a corporate worship setting. So. Mm. Absolutely. And listeners, obviously, Dimitri and I recognize that COVID has made for an awkward time. Everybody's situation is a little bit different, um, but we do long to see you as soon as we can if we haven't seen you yet and long to be together as we can as a church. Uh, Finally, Dimitri, what does this look like personally in your life? We've talked about practically for people. What does it look like for you and Victoria? So, again, um, it is personally for me, uh, I've always been drawn to uh, to crowds. I've always been drawn to to the corporate gathering. Uh, I enjoy that. I thoroughly enjoy being in a group setting. Um, and uh, for me, attending church and being part of church activities has always been a something that I really enjoyed. Um, and when we got married, we had some decisions to make because we're completely different people. <laughs> and, and my wife uh, and myself, we decided, how do we meet in the middle? What does it look like that, you know, our service to the church, our service to the body, what is that going to be? And, uh, you know, we had some struggles in the beginning. We didn't understand quite it, uh, where we needed to be. But then, um, especially when we arrived at Faith Bible Church, I think we kind of found our place. We found mm-hmm. uh, great friendships here we found that genuine care by other believers. Hmm. I can still remember that first day I showed up and uh, Clara Fredstrom, he just turned to me and our, our, our daughter was crying the whole time. She was very squirmy. You know, we were very uncomfortable. Um, I couldn't hear a word Tom was saying. I was uh, sweating profusely. It was July, I think. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, at the end of the service, he got up and said, you know, my name is Claire. This is my my wife, Marianne, and welcome to Faith. And we are so glad to see you here. And that was probably one of the best things I've heard in years when somebody just welcomed me somewhere and said, "You know, we'd love to see you again." Mm. Wow, what a what a invitation! What a personal mm. thing to hear. And what does it look like to me? So I I want to make sure that when people show up at Faith. I do the same for them, you know. So when a person shows up here and their first time uh, attender, I want to make sure that I extend that. That w- that had such a great impact on me. Mm. Uh, we are we are a part of a uh, really good small group. I mm. would encourage others to definitely get involved. 
the you know our style is a little bit different. If anybody cares to find out, you can definitely approach me and and see what it is all about. But we get together with a couple with three different families from our from our church, and we share a meal together and uh, worship the Lord together. It's a it's a it's a long meeting, and all our kids are there. It's loud at times, <laughs> but it's great and it's fun, and that is what I found so interesting and so great that people from all sorts of different walks of life, people I would probably never, ever meet if I wasn't part of this church, uh, we are able to love one another. Mm. We're able to care for one another. We're able to give each other attention, lift one another up in prayer. And uh, it's an amazing thing that the Church of Christ has been able to provide for my family, my wife, myself, my children, uh, that I don't think any other institution could uh, could provide for us. So, mm. Amen to that. Well, listeners, hopefully this discussion with Dimitri has been encouraging and maybe a little bit challenging to you um, as you consider this idea of the gospel in your church. Let me attempt to try and summarize a little bit of what Dimitri said here uh, this morning in our time together. Um, first of all, this reminder that the church is the bride of Christ, the church is the body of Christ, that, that Christ ordained the church. Uh, goods and bads and whether the church looks good or looks bad. There's all sorts of things. The reality is those of us who have been redeemed by the blood of Christ individually has also been called into this corporate community, this church, um, to engage in things like teaching and fellowship and prayer and the breaking of bread. Um, there's an incredible and encouragement and reminder from that, that as we engage with other people personally, physically, uh, we're not alone. We can be encouraged, we can be challenged, we can be borne up, we can be uh, rebuked at times by our fellow believers, but all of that is what Christ has called us to, all of that is for our good. Um, There's no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian, you know, it's all of us in this together, uh, serving Christ, glorifying God, sharing with the lost. Um, This is the body, the bride of Christ. Uh, Any final thoughts on the subject, Dimitri, for our listeners? Um, I would definitely say this. The church has been a blessing to my own, to me personally. It's been a blessing to my family. I've seen my children flourish in the mm. church, find friendships in the church, um, be challenged in the church. Uh, definitely, I would love to uh, encourage anyone to make sure that you know you 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 have a fully un, full understanding of what the body of Christ is and take advantage of it take advantage mm-hmm. of the body of Christ and what God has to offer through his church uh, because it is a great gift from Christ to us mm-hmm. and uh, obviously you know one is not a warrior in the field mm-hmm. uh, so if you're a Christian you're out there and you think you can just do it on your own uh, Please come and uh, join the body and join the great and awesome design that Christ has put out in front of us to, for our benefits. Thanks for taking time to join us for Midweek in the Word. To hear previous podcast episodes, be sure to follow, like, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. To learn more about Faith Bible Church, please visit our website at www.faithbiblelincoln.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Faith Bible Lincoln or tweet us at FBC Lincoln. 
And now we leave you with these encouraging words from Hebrews 12. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith.